This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. Welcome to Practicing Presence, everybody. Um, So last week, we talked about the naturalist in the sacred pathways. Yeah. Um, This week, we're talking about the sensei. So, Cullen, give us a, a little bit more of an idea of what the sensate is. Yeah, so the sensate is this general idea that we experience God through our senses. Um, so, uh, if you've been removed from uh, kindergarten for any length of time, you may not remember that we have five senses, but we have sight, smell, hearing, uh touch and um sight smell hearing touch and tasting tasting that's right so we got these five so sight touch hearing smell and tasting we've been out of kindergarten a long time yeah (laughs) we have to and we can experience god through each of those senses and we we see that actually in scripture like through different places but Maybe one place where we can really look and see four of those in one story is in the beginning of Ezekiel. So if you don't remember, we're going through Gary Thomas's book, The Sacred Pathways. Um, and on page 62, he says, Biblical accounts of the glory of God in heaven are elaborated affairs and rarely quiet to say the least consider for example the experience recounted by ezekiel he feels a wind he sees flashing lightning surrounded by brilliant light fantastic creatures and a magnificent and stunning throne of sapphire ezekiel 1 4 and 5 through 14 26 through 27 he hears the sound of wings like the roar of rushing waters and a loud rumbling, one twenty-four and three twelve through thirteen. Ezekiel is then asked to eat a scroll that tastes sweet, three one through three. After it all is over, Ezekiel is so overwhelmed. Perhaps the sensuous onslaught is so great, he sits down, stunned. For seven days, mm. Ezekiel three fifteen. So what that's really showing is that we can experience God through those five senses. Yeah, if you if you grew up in conservative fundamentalism, um, you were probably told that you can really only experience God through Scripture and prayer. Right. Which you can. Oh, you absolutely can. But. That's a very limited view of experiencing God in that way. Yeah. Um, because you're really only engaging sight. Yeah. 
Um, how long ago was it the the intro to this podcast, or was it the the last week's episode where we talked about how Hunter, your wife, experiences God in her prayer time better through smells? Yeah, so that was in the introductory when we began yeah. to talk about the Enneagram. My wife's an Enneagram four, right? And so I think we haven't done this element. I hope we do that pretty soon. But I think because she's a four, she's also going to be a sensate, right. according to Gary Thomas. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a pretty good comparison. Um, so we can experience God through these four senses, or four to five senses, depending on the, the text showed four, right? Um, but we have five. So, do you have a story um, related to that? Yeah, I think, so, first of all, remember, we, we all have predominant pathways. Right. Um, my predominant pathway is not the sensate, but we can all experience God through all of these pathways. And today, uh, without getting too much into this, uh, I had a really, really crappy day. Like just a terrible day. I from the minute I woke up, like something major happened in my life that kind of ruined and put the course of my day on a bad path. And really didn't feel like I had any way out. Like it just felt like that was gonna be the day. Yeah. And and so I really I really needed this element where I could kind of overwhelm myself with Jesus, um, if I, if I can say that. And so I decided to go outside. Mm. One, placing myself outside puts me in the realm of the creator. Yeah. So I can see and experience the magnitude of God that he himself is bigger than my minute problem. Mm. Like the little thing that threw my day awry that's a drop in the bucket for God yeah. because he is creator. And I chose to smoke a pipe for those of our listeners who don't know and maybe grew up in fundamentalism. It's okay to smoke a pipe. Like calm down. It's okay. I enjoy pipes and cigars too. Yeah, it's okay. But I decided to smoke a pipe and I chose to smoke a very sweet black Cavendish. Mm. Um, he was actually smoking one of my favorite blends too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the reason that I chose to do that is I have a variety of pipe tobaccos and I chose to smoke a sweet one because I wanted to experience the goodness of God through taste and smell. Yeah. I think that particular black Cavendish, when you smoke it, both what you taste and what you smell is sweet. Yeah to know that there's a sweetness and a goodness to God is relaxing. It's calming. It's edifying. Yeah. And because I also had a busy day, I chose to do some reading while I was out there, some reading that I had to do. And I was reading about a guy named Horace Bushnell, who through a long line of, uh, Christian theology and fighting amongst tradition tried to find a, a bridge between the gra the gaps of fundamentalism and liberalism. Mm. 
And he has this great quote. Uh, I want to read it to all of our listeners because it's so good. It, it is undeniably good. He says, Christian faith is not the committing of one's thoughts and assent to any proposition, but the trusting of one's being to a being there to be rested, kept, guided, molded, governed, and possessed forever. Mm. It gives you God, fills you with God in immediate experimental, experiential knowledge puts you in possession of all there is in him and allows you to be invested with his character itself. Wow. Um, for our listeners that, that kind of tuned out on that, because I'm sure there was a few, rewind it to the beginning of that quote and really try to listen. That is good stuff. All about experiencing God. Mm. Wow. And you read that while trying to experience God through your senses. Yeah, that's just the providential place of God that he knew where I was at and I had to do this reading and for for a, a an extra wellhouse assignment that I had to do. I had to do this reading and I did it and he just met me where I was. Like mm. like that all encompassing four sense approach to experiencing God in that moment is the sensate. Yeah. Um, what's amazing is, and, and this is something that, that I want to talk about for, for just a second, is that God does know where you are, right? God, yeah, for sure. God knows where you are and he knows what you need. And he knows what's about to happen as well. Because I, mm-hmm. like Cullen, um, had a very crappy day as well. Um, not going to get super into it. Um, I was also about to make a really big decision for my life that, that made a, a big turnaround. Um, and and it, was, it was tough. It ended not the best way that it could have, um, like sometimes these things do. And it, I just felt like it was going to set the course for the rest of my day. But what's amazing is that before any of that even happened, when I woke up this morning, which I woke up at like 5.30 this morning, (laughs) and I went for a run, and on my run, I was just looking at the stars, right? Because it's still dark out here in Texas at 5.30 in the morning, right? I was looking up at the stars, and the the stars coming through the clouds and and the light differential and it was just incredible and and i just saw the handiwork of god it was beautiful and i couldn't help but thank him for that sight and then later the day in that day later today later that day which was this morning (laughs) um, all of that stuff happened and I was stressed, I was angry, I was anxious, I was literally shaking at some points. And I couldn't focus on doing any work. I couldn't focus on um, wellhouse work. I couldn't focus on schoolwork. I literally could not do anything. And so I had to stop and recenter myself. Mm. And so 
one way that I did that, I, we're going to talk about this at, at a later time, but I stopped and did a, pre- a breath prayer first. Yeah. And then I tried to log into my class and, and do some work, and I saw that my professor had posted um, a link on Blackboard that she titled Music for Relaxation. Mm. And I clicked it, and it was just this beautiful piano music, this classical piano. It was gorgeous, yeah. which set me down a whole path as a musician. I, I yeah. fall into that stuff. Yeah. And I just listened to this classical piano for probably about 30 minutes. Yeah. Just closed my eyes and relaxed. So much so that at one point I even fell asleep. And in this anxious mindset, I was able to relax and find peace that way. And whenever I I came out of that, I realized God provided me that opportunity to relax. Yeah. Through these sound waves hitting my ears. Yeah. And I think that's important for our listeners because, you know, classical music is dying. People don't yeah. enjoy it in the same way, and they, they should because most of our contemporary expressions of music are quite simplistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, four chord progressions, like really no uh, extemporaneous expressions of music theory outside of the kind of common what's common to the ear. Yeah. But so for Clayton, it's classical music, which is quite complex and has every element of dissonance and music theory that's possible. There, There is layers to it and, and complexities that you don't find in any other type of music. So I, I would disagree with that. I think that is a fair statement, but... For me, I used to do classical music quite a lot. Oh, it's um, blues and jazz now, It's huh? jazz, and yeah. I think jazz, jazz has an element of complexity that no other genre of music has. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, it is a bit different, right? Jazz can be less relaxing, right, depending on the subgenre of jazz that you're listening to. Yeah, right. that's why I fell into this hole of classical music. Yeah, and I think I think that's important too because experiencing God through music is not just one way, right? Classical can be peaceful and relaxing mm-hmm. and great in that moment. Yes, but for me, the thing that I love about jazz is its beauty and complexity. Oh yeah, which is what God is. Absolutely. God is beauty and complexity. Yeah, I agree. Um, And and I I do want to make this note really quickly. If you are a music lover and and you feel like you can experience God through music, don't necessarily, not saying that you shouldn't listen to worship music, but don't limit yourself to worship music. Yeah, I think think that's fair. Um, Now, that doesn't mean go to death metal on the no. other end. Right? I mean, but it, it does yes. mean that we shouldn't limit ourselves just to Christian music because it's Christian. I right. think, and especially you and I both as musicians know 
Christian music is maybe the most simplistic music on the face of the planet. It's so boring. <laughs> it is. It is four chord progressions. Like it is not. It's one four fives over and over and over. The again. thing that I go to worship music for is the lyrics. Yeah, it is. It is the language of professing to God attributes about God. Absolutely. And there there is amazing things that that happens in that. But the music it's limited in its artfulness. Yes it is. But let's continue on with the the idea of the sensate, right? Yeah, so we've just been talking about sound. I think if we were to dive in into smell, that's maybe the one that people go, "Yeah, bro, that's a bit weird." But what we yeah. forget is the Bible talks about sound. You mean so, scent or smell? Or, sorry, smell. Yeah. yeah. So Gary talks about this in his book. And it's on page 68. He says, God commanded Moses to collect offerings of spices to create sweet incense. Exodus 25, 6. Aaron was told that he must burn incense every morning, mm. Exodus 37. Eli and Solomon both kept the practice of burning incense alive. Detailed instructions for cultivating sweet smells are given in Exodus 30. Mm. God cared about how things smelled. We don't do that. Specifically, in low church Protestant evangelical expressions, yeah. I have never been in a worship service in that tradition that incorporated smells into the worship experience. So while you were reading that, I, I was thinking, you know who does that well? Catholics. Catholics. Yeah. Catholics do that well. So well. I've been in Catholic masses where like in high mass where they come through yeah. with the incense and it, it, it really does create a different experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. It really creates a different experience. And in, in some of the um, older missiles um, that are only used by a, a, a minority of Catholics these days, um, it, it references when they start the the mingling of the holy water and the wine together, right? And and preparing the the blood for uh, for communion, there's a line in the missile, which in this missile it's actually in Latin, but it's translated um, pretty closely to "May the smell of this reach your nose in heaven." Mm-hmm. Something very similar to that. I can't remember the wording. Yeah, but there is something to that, you know, and it, it takes me. To it, it reminds me a lot of whenever I pour a glass of wine, mm. right? And I, I swirl it in the glass and I put my nose in it, yeah. right? That sweet smell, right? When we think about it that way, God has, if we're created in God's image, doesn't God also mm. have these senses? Yeah. Well, I think I think to another element of that, especially when you talk about wine, there's a sweetness amongst the complexity. Yeah. 
And if if you've done much reading in the Bible about God, he's pretty complex. And it's because, in the words of C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. we're aligned trying to explain a cube. Yeah. Like, we don't know who God is. But if there's one thing we can identify out of God for my novice wine drinkers, they will identify with this. But it's that he is sweet and good. Mm-hmm. And I think to go along with this, just to ground this in some scripture for you, as we were talking, I couldn't help but think about uh, the birth of Jesus. Mm. We have the wise men coming, and they offer three gifts, right? So when the wise men come, they offer three gifts. It's not three wise men. We get that because they offer three gifts, but... The wise men, an unknown number of wise men come and they offer three gifts. Gold, which you see and feel. And is beautiful. Frankincense and myrrh. What are those? Those are, um, they are incense. You burn them. They are things you smell. For for our, our listeners that aren't on YouTube, this candle Right. That's why that's part of the reason why we have it. Right. Is to smell something. Yeah, I think I think so. And it's it's a few things. It's to look at it and know that we are not alone in this conversation, that that Jesus is ever present with us in our conversations, that we're not alone. But it's also to say that we we smell the presence of God. We experience the presence of God with us. And I, I want to, as I could literally talk about smelling an experience of God oh, for yes. days. I want to move along. Absolutely. And touch, I think is important. And I, here's what I don't want you to do, listeners. I don't want you to think about touch as literally taking your hand and feeling something. I want you to think about touch as experiencing something with your body. So for me, the way that I do this, for for our listeners who don't know, I love to play golf. And for me, golf is a way to center myself in creation. God created the earth for us to enjoy and experience. And if you don't know about golf or you haven't watched golf, you as a person are actually interacting with the earth much more than you think you are. You are taking the golf club and you are connecting with the ball and the earth almost simultaneously. And the way that you connect with the earth affects the trajectory of your ball. Yeah. And so for me, there is nothing like experiencing God through touch as like an early morning tea time where there's still dew on the ground. Mm a wet, fresh-cut grass, experiencing God through the smell of fresh-cut grass, and experiencing creation is experiencing the Creator. Yeah, It is touching to the best of our ability. It is the closest thing we will ever get to touching God. Yeah, so for me... Um one of the ways that, that I experience God through touch um, or through experiencing him with my body um, would be through playing music. Like picking up my guitar, feeling 
my 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 feeling the strings the strings on my fingers and that feeling that you get with the 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 vibrations in your chest from singing mm-hmm. or from the the guitar um bouncing on your stomach yeah. or, or whatever and i know my musicians out there they're 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 hearing this right now right and they're yeah. feeling it yeah um there, there there's a myriad of different ways that you can experience god through your senses oh for sure um, and i think an, another element that we that we don't utilize is sight yeah we we might have a, a one-off experience where we see just this magnitude of creation, like maybe yeah. a, a magnificent waterfall or a mountain. Mm-hmm. But like that could be every day because you, no matter where you are, you have an element of God's creation that no one else has. Mm. No matter where you are, you can see an element of God's creation that no one else can. Yeah, so I, th- I think a, a little bit of clarification is due here. Where you're sitting right now, listening to this podcast, look out in front of you. Yeah. Nobody else can see exactly what you're seeing right now because you're the only one sitting in that spot. Yep, yep. There is major beauty in that. There is an immense amount of beauty in the fact that you can see God's creation through a lens that no one else can see. And to further that one more time, I know we're running out of time, but tasting, you know, you brought up wine. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge wine person. Uh, I only watch, I only drink wine when I watch TV shows that talk about wine, but my, my preferred, uh, tasting mechanisms are you know maybe beer or or a nice cocktail or decadent food yes like do not do not remove yourself from the fact that eating and consuming food can be an act of worship and experiencing the goodness of god yeah god says in the old testament eat drink and be merry experience God through the things that you taste. If God is truly provider of our things, then God has provided you the food in front of you. So no matter what that is, if that is good, it is an act of worship when you consume it. Amen. So, I'm going to challenge all of our listeners and, and viewers on uh, YouTube um, to comment five ways that you think that you can experience God through your five senses. Mm. The yeah. most, y- your favorite things out of, the, out of the five senses, your favorite five things, how do you experience God through those? Yeah. Comment that. And Let us know on YouTube. Yeah. If you if you're not listening on YouTube, email one of us, Clayton or Pastor Cullen from our Wellhouse page. Like, let us know. We want to yeah. invite you into the conversation. Please let us know. Um, because uh, because what that ends up doing is that creates more content that's more specific to you. 
Yeah, for right. sure. If you um, connect with us, we can create content and speak directly to your situation. Um, and, and we really want to know like how you experience God. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we at Wellhouse want to be a place where everyone can be restored. Amen. And your experience with Jesus is an element of restoration. Yeah. And, and if you are, if you attend a well, um, and you experience God through, through your sense of smell, mm -hmm. um, maybe what we can do is talk to the, the well keeper and see like, Hey, would you be cool with some incense? Well, I think, yeah, for sure. And I think, I don't know that any of our well keepers would be opposed to that. No, um, I don't think so. But, and I think uh, to another element of that, the well that we went to this past weekend, we had breakfast tacos mm -hmm. and in both the homemade breakfast taco and the homemade salsa, mm -hmm. cilantro was ever present. Mm-hmm. And you can smell the presence of cilantro. It's glorious. And as you smell and experience that goodness over fellowship and conversation about Jesus, yeah. don't think that that's not an act of worship and experiencing the goodness of God. Yeah. Anyways, let us know your thoughts, guys. Seriously, yeah. um, we would love to hear from you. Um, this has been a great talk, Cullen. I'm yeah, gonna, I loved it. I'm pretty happy about it. Yep. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us.